Hey, what's up? It's the John Cass Podcast, hosted by me, John Adias. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 76. And we'll get to today's guest in just a second, but I've got a new promotion that I want to let you know about. I'm giving away four tickets to the college football game on November the 4th or the 5th. I think it's the 5th, November 5th. Four tickets plus a $50 gift card to me and Julio. And here's what you got to do to win. You have to answer trivia questions. Now, I got these tickets from my buddy, Justin. All right, Justin and I went to college together at Winona State. He texted me the other week, said, hey, I got some tickets to November. Let me double check. Is it 4th or the 5th? Whatever. You'll, you'll figure it out. That's Saturday. And, and he said, do you want the tickets? I said, do I want the tickets? Yes. Let's give away the tickets. And let's do it in a way where you can win Whitrock's tickets. His last name's Whitrock. And I said, come up with three trivia questions, Justin. We'll ask the listeners. And all you have to do as listeners, answer all three correctly throughout the course of the next three weeks. And you'll be eligible to win the four-pack of tickets plus the $50 gift card. So question number one, straight from the mind of my buddy Justin from college. He asks, and these are really layup questions if you're a Badgers fan. Question number one, which by the way, the answers must be listed in a social media post. So I'm going to post this, this podcast to Twitter, to Instagram, to Facebook. Just go to the comment section of this main post and write down your answer. The high school, the high school that Jim, Lemmer, Jim Leonard attended. Jim Leonard's high school. Badger football coach Jim Leonard's high school. All right, put that high school in the comment section on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under this episode's post. Get three of those right, you'll be entered to win. I, th I think I'm over-explaining it at this point. This podcast is also brought to you by me and Julio with game day football specials for college football and the NFL, including $3 Coors Lights Pints, $5 Classic Margaritas, and great food specials. Plus, they've got the daily specials Sunday through Thursday as well. This podcast is also brought to you by Ian's Pizza, three locations in Madison, three locations in Milwaukee. They're in Seattle, they're in Denver, and... They're hiring delivery drivers with a guaranteed rate of $20 per hour. That is an outstanding hourly rate. Ian's Pizza, check out their website for more details. And check out the Chicken Cordon Blue. It's this week's featured weekly special topped with mozzarella, Dijon mustard, breaded chicken, ham, and blue cheese. That sounds delicious in itself. So thank you to the fine sponsors of this podcast. By the way, with this trivia, more details at johncastpodcast.com. All right. Today's guest, according to his Twitter bio, is a mostly retired sports columnist for the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. He's been in this Madison market in the state of Wisconsin for a long time, and I'm very excited to have him on today. Welcome to the podcast, Tom Oates. Tom, how are you doing? Well, I was doing great until you muted me on that trivia question. Oh, <laughs> were you ready I had to... the answer for that, right? You know, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad I blocked it because then everybody would have had a, a free layup for week one. <laughs> so how have you been? What have you been up to? I've been uh, mostly retired. Uh, actually been up north uh, taking care of some ailing parents. So, uh, you know, th that's kind of our full-time job right now. But uh, keeping close tabs on the uh, local scene. So, yeah, local sports scene. And... Uh, Interesting season so far on a lot of fronts. Yeah, for sure. So you retired, uh, was it 2020 at some point in 2020? I retired in 2020, but I stayed on basically through the, probably the 20, 2021 basket, Badger basketball season. Okay. I, and I kind of officially retired after that, after mm -hmm. that, maybe 
the summer of 2021, I guess. I hung that mostly on there because there was some talk of possibly coming back, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The farther you get away from it, the harder it is to the harder it is to come back. So, well, I was going to say, how is how is that going? Do do you miss it? Do you ever feel like ah, I got to get the laptop up, laptop out and start typing something? Yeah, you miss it. You miss uh, you know if you have actually on those rare occasions where you have something to say, uh, <laughs> you. You miss it, but I, I think mostly you miss uh, the people, you know, the people yeah. you're around. Um, you know, if you like sports, you're around sports people, you're around media, you're around coaches and players and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you certainly miss a lot. You, that, that's probably the most, the most uh, biggest thing that I miss. Probably, yeah. probably with fellow media members, you know, over the years, you sit next to someone in a press box for 20, 30 years and and you occasionally uh, have beers or dinner with them on the road and those kinds of things. You get to be good friends with people. And I have a lot of good friends in the media um, that you just don't see as much anymore. And that that's probably the, the thing I miss the most. Yeah. Who, who is that? Who do you who do you miss the most uh, not seeing? Uh, on oh, a regular I have basis? a bunch. I have a lot of friends. I'm, I've been around a while, John. Just so Yeah. <laughs> a whole bunch of whole bunch of friends, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I. I went to Milwaukee to cover the Bucks and Brewers, uh, not full time, but on occasion. And I was up. I covered basically covered the Packers in one way, shape, or form. I've covered the Packers since 1982 or 83, and um, so you know you meet a lot of people. A lot of them have come and gone, but uh, you know there's still been a lot of people. there's still a lot of people that you run across. I mean, Tom Silverstein and I covered the Badger basketball team in the 80s um, and did a lot of traveling together. And he's been on the Packers for, oh, God, I would suggest 30 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just people like that, that, uh, you know, the, the people I worked with, um, you know, I still have some very good friends on our staff at the State Journal and uh, and the people you worked alongside, you develop friendship, respect, a lot of different things over the years. And there's a lot of good people. Wisconsin's pretty lucky. I think there's a lot of pretty good media people in this state who do their best to keep to keep uh, keep their uh, the fans informed. Um, it's, it's not, you know, the in your face, New York, Philly style media. But uh, I think by and large, the right questions get asked uh, in press conferences and people don't back down. It's just not the kind of, uh, it's uh, a little gentler presentation, I would say, than, than maybe some other places. Yeah. And you mentioned sometimes you have that urge to type or talk every once in a while. And I can probably understand after Paul Christ's and Paul Christ and that news of, of him being let go and Jim Leonard taking over the program. I'm assuming it was one of those times because because when I saw it personally, Tom, my, my jaw dropped. I was like, I never imagined that we'd see something mid-season happen like this. I mean, you, you heard the rumblings, right, that that Chris was maybe on the hot seat, but I never expected it to happen mid-season, and that got everybody talking. So I'm sure did that storyline kind of get you going again, like, oh, I, I got I to gotta put my two cents in on this. You know, it's it's just not the Wisconsin way, and, and you know, that's not us thinking it needs to be the Wisconsin way. They promote that over there at the athletic department, that, that uh, Wisconsin's a little different breed of cat than most schools, that, that uh, Wisconsin does things right, that, you know, Wisconsin takes care of its own, all those kinds of things. They promote that over there. 
And this is just not the Wisconsin way. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't fire coaches in the middle of seasons. And not only that, Wisconsin doesn't generally pay out uh, large contracts either. So let's, let's uh, look at it that way as well. Uh, yeah, it was very surprising. I, you know, for as much as Paul and really the Chris family has done for the for Wisconsin sports over the years, um, you know, his dad was a was an assistant at Wisconsin. His dad played at Wisconsin. He played at Wisconsin. Um, for as much as uh, as the Chris family has been a huge part of the Madison sports scene since really uh, George played at Edgewood High School in the fifties. Um, I just, I, it just didn't sit right with me. And I understand there's probably some reasons in a changing college football landscape to make these kinds of moves earlier than later, but I, it just didn't sit right. They, they did a good guy wrong in my estimation. Yeah. It's such a tough situation because in today's college football landscape, things are a lot different. I mean, there are a lot of teams. So I think there are, there's probably not just one main factor as to why they decided to do it in season, but I'm sure there's a, a bunch of contributing factors, including the fact that everybody, uh, you know, Jim Leonard was a hot commodity, right. As a coaching candidate. But let me ask you this, what role do you feel the transfer portal played in this decision by Wisconsin to move on? Because I'll just say this, in, in other sports, and I see this in volleyball, in women's basketball, the two sports that I announce, is that when a coach leaves or a coach gets let go at the end of the season, that roster gets depleted. And now with the transfer portal, you're able to be eligible immediately. So, so um, you know, a coach leaves and the whole team is different the next year because pretty much, you know, half the roster left. Now, I'm not saying half the football roster would leave if they did it at the end of the season, but do you feel that the transfer portal – is is part of the reason as well that they didn't want to wait till the end of the year, let go of Coach Christ, and then have you know a, a certain X amount of percentage of, of players say, well, I'm out if you're getting rid of Coach Christ. At least this way, number one, you keep Jim Leonard. Number two, you avoid that transfer portal from opening up at the end of the season, having like just free-for-all, everybody leaves, and now you're starting with no talent the next season or uh, less talent the next season. Um, and this way you get to let Jim prove it, let, let coach Leonard prove it. And that transfer portal may not be as impactful following this season. I think this was more about keeping Jim Leonard here than it was about the keeping players here. The players like Jim Leonard. They know him. They like him. Uh, that's that. I don't think, it, you know, and I firmly believe that Jim Leonard will be the next permanent head football coach at Wisconsin. And the players like Jim Leonard. I don't think it's just the defensive players either. I think I think the players on this team genuinely like Jim and 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 support him. I think they supported Paul too. But you know, everybody it's sports and sports people sometimes have to turn the page very quickly. But it's not like they're bringing in somebody new. It's not like they're bringing in uh, someone they don't like someone they don't respect they the jim leonard fills all those boxes regarding the team so that's why i'm not sure that the transfer portal is uh, is that big of an issue uh I, you know obviously if they brought someone new in it might be or if they waited i mean you know te players tend to enter that transfer portal well in the old days they entered right after the season now now a lot of them get out get their names out there early and if the transfer portal does play a role in that, it's be, it, I think I would say that it's um, that they can get on that early. Uh, 
in terms of even going after players or looking at players. So I think it had way more to do with, with keeping Jim Leonard here and giving the, the football program a new direction with Jim Leonard, um, maybe a more aggressive posture and, and, uh, and, and re- in recruiting and, uh, and the NIL and all that business. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the things that made me uh, think of that too, was I think it was Braylon Allen's immediate reaction to that, like something along the lines, if you're not with coach Chris, you're not with this team or something like that. And it made me like, Oh, Oh, Oh no. Like this could go South and you could be losing talent. And Braylon Allen is a, a huge talent that you'd want to retain. So that's one thing that I, that made me start to wonder about, you know, would this have ripple effects had they done it at the end of the season and just pulled the rug so to say, from from the team like that. And then you'd have players with with no opportunity to see what the next guy is like, although they're very familiar, like you said, with Jim Leonard. So with Jim Leonard, what do we need to see from a Leonard coach team at the end of the year to move forward with him to get that offer? Or is that something that you think will happen no matter what plays out the rest of the year? I think the only possible way that uh, Jim Leonard doesn't run through that tunnel on the opening game next year as the head coach is if he falls completely on his face. And I think we saw last Saturday that that's not going to happen. This team, this team is better than it played in, the, in some of those first few games. And I think uh, he will have it playing better as he goes. Um, b- barring a, a complete pratfall and a bunch of 49 to 14 losses, um, I just, I just don't see any way it's, it's, it's anyone other than Jim Leonard. In fact, I'm on record as saying if anyone other than Jim Leonard, any coach other than Jim Leonard runs out of that tunnel next year for the opener, he's going to get booed by the crowd. Mm. Because I think the I think the people want Jim Leonard. I think the players want Jim Leonard. Uh, I think I think Jim Leonard's bosses want Jim Leonard. Uh, I, you know, he's just he's been sitting there, and you know, part of the reason he didn't take. Uh, other jobs, and he certainly had opportunities for other jobs that were very good in the NFL and in college football. And part of the reason he didn't was because he loves it here, and he loves this school and this community and this state. And I think he wants to be the next football coach at Wisconsin. I don't think he wanted it this way. I don't mm-hmm. think he, I know he didn't expect it to be, to be this way. The fact is, he's now there, and that's where he wanted to be. And uh, so I, I mean, I just definitely, I think he's been earmarked for that job, and uh, he's, in my estimation, he's very prepared for that job. Um, he's got vast experience as a, especially as a guy who was always a, a coach on the floor, on the on the basketball floor, on the on the uh, baseball diamond, uh, on a football field. His dad was a coach. He was always the kind of guy you looked at as as a a coach on the floor kind of guy. And then he comes here and he's, and he's, uh, you know, directing the defense. And then he gets to the NFL and there's a reason Rex Ryan pulled him around to every team Rex Ryan went to. And that was because he was so smart and he knew football so well, and he was such a leader and, and uh, all those things will come into play with Jim Leonard as a head coach. And uh, I, I mean, I think he's ready. You never know about an assistant. Barry worked out pretty well. Other other uh, other coaches don't work out, but you never know. But I, I I certainly think he's he's fully prepared for this. 
Yeah, and it would have been pretty hard, right, if they had kept Coach Christ and and, and not let it. I mean, what if Coach Christ finished nine and three? You know, you, you you're not going to let him go after a nine and three season. So how much did a scenario like that factor in that? Hey, if they turn this around, we can never make this move. Well, I'm the one that first postured that uh, line of thinking the day after it happened, and I mean, I I. I you know, and this is just a theory of mine because, you know, Chris McIntosh, the AD, hasn't talked about it. So uh, until he does talk about it and clarify it, I think anything's fair game. And my theory is he knew he wanted to replace I – and mean, ADs and college football coaches are married for better or for worse. They're married together. And, and uh, I think he wanted Jim Leonard as his head coach. I think he was waiting for an opportunity, uh, and it's it's difficult because Paul Christ had been winning, 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 and I mean, not maybe to the extent that made everyone happy, but you know he's winning eight, nine games a year, and uh, a lot of football programs would die for that. Uh, but I think Paul Christ, the performance of this team early in the year, uh, and I'm not putting that on the players. I'm saying coaching, uh, opponent players, everybody, they're all, it, it wasn't very good. And it, and it gave Chris McIntosh an opening. Uh, let's say uh, after, after the Illinois game, the Badgers reel off five, uh, seven wins in a row to finish the season and get into the Big Ten championship game. Pretty hard to get rid of Paul Chris then. So I, I think uh, Chris McIntosh saw an opening. I think he also saw a program that was really listless and lifeless. And I'm not, I'm not sure why that was. Uh, I mean, Paul Christ hasn't changed. Um, uh, it's possible players have changed a little bit, especially in this era of transfer portal and nil and all this me, me, me stuff. It's very possible players have, have changed. But, I, you know, I've known Paul Christ since he was in high school, and I, don't, I, I can guarantee you he hasn't changed because he is who he is. And, and uh, But – whatever the reason the team was listless and and it and i think it gave chris mcintosh an opening and he took it yeah so what will be the characteristics we've seen one game now with uh coach jim leonard what are some of the characteristics of a leonard coach team what will we be seeing that perhaps is maybe different than what we saw under the previous head coach well if you look at jim the way jim leonard's coach defense He's very aggressive. You know, he goes after the quarterback. He takes a few chances. He, uh, you know, he's not, a, he's not afraid. He doesn't sit back and, and wait for things to happen. He, make, he attempts to make things happen. I would suggest that uh, over time, I mean, it's, it's so hard to change these things midseason. Mm -hmm. uh, but over time, I would suggest that his offense will become more aggressive and test the defense in, in, many, more, in many ways. And um, uh, that would be what I would look for. Uh, I mean, I, the, you know, he's a young, likable, uh, energetic guy. And I don't think the players will have any problem playing for him. I think that that's the easy part. Um, and he's already proved what he can do on defense. Uh, with any coach, you wonder if he what, can he still be the defensive coordinator and call defensive signals if he's the head coach. Uh, some have done it. Most fail at it, I think. Uh, I just have visions of Mike McCarthy with his nose buried on that play sheet 
while things are happening out on the field that he's not even watching and he should have been as a head coach. So um, some can do it. Some can't, I'm, you know, he's, he'll figure out a way to do that. And if that means handing it off, he'll hand it off. But in, in answer to your question, I just think he's, he's been very aggressive as a defensive coach. And if you're looking for how he's going to be overall as a coach, that might be a, a, a good sign. Mm. Final question about football. And then I want to kind of ask you a couple of questions about your reporting career, your columnist career, uh, career as a columnist. But what are the chances Wisconsin then can win the West this year? I mean, they looked obviously, I don't want to put a lot of stock into a game against a, a bad Northwestern team. But as you look down the rest of the schedule, do you think they're going to be able to, you know, win the West? And what are the chances that they can? Well, I think every game on their schedule is winnable. But I think a lot of those games are also losable. And, uh, um, you know, Maryland's a better team than anybody thought. Um, uh, Minnesota certainly looks formidable for the most part. Um, Iowa's Iowa. And, you know, I I just – and Purdue's actually a pretty decent team this year. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's way too early to talk about that. I think uh, – it would surprise me if they won a bunch of games here and got back into the mix. Illinois is in a great position, having beaten both Iowa and Wisconsin. But are you sold on Illinois? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sold on them offensively at all. I do think that Brett Bielema has brought a good, aggressive defense in there, and and Illinois has certainly improved. That, I mean, that that I don't think Wisconsin lost to the Illinois we've become used to the last few years. I think they lost to a better Illinois team, that doesn't excuse how they lost and why they lost because they clearly should have won that game. Uh, but having said that, I mean, I, you know, anything's possible. It's, it's wide open and, you know, you'd have to look and see, you know, who, who these teams play from the other division and things like that. But Illinois certainly is in a, is in a great spot. Hmm. Um, so when you were doing columns, for the Wisconsin State Journal on a regular basis, what was your process for coming up with a storyline to to comment on, and what was that like? And and did you ever? Because you talked about you know earlier in this interview about how you know sometimes there's there's things out there that really kind of get your juices flowing, for lack of a better term. But how did you come up? What was it like coming up with topics week in and week out? Well, certain times of year, you're covering a lot of games and, and games, you know, people want to hear what you thought of that performance and they want to hear it quickly. And uh, um, so that's that's kind of a, that's a given that, you you know, your subject matter, what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, I always look for what people t were talking about. I mean, if people were talking about Matt LaFleur's play calling, or Aaron Rodgers checking out of runs or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. That's, that's a, that's a topic a columnist should write about. If uh, Devontae Adams pushes a, a, a stadium photographer, that's something, or Draymond Green punches a teammate uh, and the videos and the video shows up on the internet. Those are, I mean, that's the kind of thing people are talking about. And those are the kind of thing. And there's a, I mean, there's, I, the, those are just three examples of very mm -hmm. recent, but there's all kinds of things. What, what are people talking about? And then there's, there's things that uh, maybe don't get played that should, that uh, you can, you can bring up or, 
or something you think about um whatever yeah yeah title title nine or or right. you know whatever uh and uh you know so you try to try to reach out and kind of cover a lot of a lot of different bases uh, my my one of the things that was is me and especially in the fall with me was i was i was doing both badger and packer games on saturday and sunday and consequently uh i i didn't have a lot of time for a lot of other stuff that you know probably fell by the wayside that's probably my fault but um you know when a lot of your your uh and you have to be around you have to be going to press conferences and you know writing columns you know, midweek column, maybe about the Badgers or Packers or both. And usually it was both. So that kind of takes up your columns for that week. So, I mean, you can't touch all the bases, but, you know, football is such a big thing that usually this was the busiest time of year, especially now with uh, both Badgers, Packers football going. And then all of a sudden the Bucks are starting up and the, and the uh, Badger basketball, Badger hockey, those kinds of things are starting up. There's a huge overlap and, Sometimes you get stretched really thin. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned basketball coming up. Did you see the photo that Wisconsin basketball posted today on, on Twitter? Do you know what I I'm talking about? I okay. did not. Let me bring it up for you. Um, I'll bring that up for you. I'm going to show that to you, and we'll talk about it in a second. But you also brought up Draymond Green and Devontae Adams. The Adams thing has been driving me crazy, Tom, ever since I've seen it this week. Because to me, that was – like a childlike reaction by Devonte. Like I understand that you're not supposed to be in the athlete's way. And that cameraman was not, or that whatever he was, was not spatially aware of where he was walking whatsoever. And it should have been, but to me, that doesn't negate the fact that Devonte Adams, if another human walks in front of you, is your first reaction to shove them. If you're walking down the street, if you're at work and a coworker walks in front of you or somebody who came off off the street, do you shove them? Is that the first thing you think of? So to me, I was just like, that's the way like a child reacts. Like, I don't know. I was, I'm so upset by it because that stadium worker who, by the way, is milking this for all it's worth granted was falling backwards. And we saw what can happen when you fall backwards on the football field, for example, when Tua, with that first concussion he had, fell backwards and hit his head. And all I'm thinking is, all it takes is for that guy to, to not be as able-footed as he was, and he slams the back of his head, and now we've got a whole new thing because you were mad after a football game. Well, you can understand why he was mad. I mean, you know, emotions <laughs> run awfully high in football yeah. games. I'm not excusing what he did. Um, and uh, if you've ever been on a football field in the immediate aftermath of a game, it's chaotic. There's people running every which way. There's players uh, getting to the locker room. There's equipment guys dragging equipment right through you. There's media guys trying to get to where they need to be after the game. Uh, it's, it's, it's very chaotic. Uh, Devontae should have known better. Um, I think he realized right away that he had he had made a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, his apology was a bit lame, kind of blaming the guy for getting in his way. Yeah, the guy made a mistake, and and if you've been in that situation a lot, you know that you know paths have to be cleared. And uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, you you look at the Arrowhead Stadium people, and they didn't have a clear enough path for the players to walk off the field. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this. But you're right. The the video is damning, and 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 uh, I mean, Devontae pushed the guy down, and 
that's not the Devontae Adams we know in Green Bay. I suspect it's not the Devontae Adams that really exists. And, and but in a heated in a heated moment, and he was really heated, uh, especially after uh, his fellow receiver ran into him on the last play and knocked him down on their last attempt at a long pass. Um, he was he was very very heated, and uh, you know I, I can see how it can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be a little smarter than that, especially Devontae, who's a pretty pretty smart guy. And, uh, uh, you know, he's just got to know better than that. Yeah. Speaking of reactions, so Jawan Howard, remember what he did following a Badger basketball game. Um, so keep that in mind. So this is what Wisconsin at Big Ten Media Days today posted. I'll share this on the screen. I hope you can you see this, Tom? Yeah. Uh, so it's a picture of Greg Gard. Greg Gard and Jawan Howard posed. Jawan Howard posed for a picture today, and the uh, title, the post said, "Making Valentine's Day date plans." <laughs> so I saw this, Tom, and I thought it was fantastic. Like you take a situation that everyone's mad at Jawan Howard in Madison, and everyone's defending Howard if you're from Michigan, and you make light of it, and hopefully you put a bow on it, and it's, you know, it's kind of done. Well, I would say this about that photo. I'm, I'm glad adults can act like adults, okay? I don't think uh, uh, certain people acted like adults in that situation last year. Um, or if they didn't act like adults, they probably uh, – I, I, I don't think Greg Gard did anything not to act like an adult in that situation. I do think he should have understood the situation maybe and moved on and not tried to make a point. But he was just trying to make his point. And having said that, you know what? It's it, it was months ago, many months ago, and uh, we're all adults here. Uh, you know, uh, what I found out about Big Ten coaches is that they generally stick together because there's a lot of times when they need each other, when they need each other's support, when they uh, uh, get some initiative that they want. I mean, that's. Bo Ryan and, and Tom Izzo became very good friends and during the time Bo was coaching. And it, it started off really bad, badly. And they became very good friends. And, and they pushed some things through in the NCAA, and they did it by joining forces. And they did some, push some things through in the Big Ten, and they did it by joining forces. And uh, I, I'm just glad this is in the past. It, mm-hmm. it, was, a, it, was, it was an ugly incident, and... Uh, um, I, I, mean, I firmly believe uh, if Juwan Howard really thought about it, he would question the way he reacted. But you know, put it put it in the put it in the rearview mirror. Let's all be adults here and let's let's move on and uh, yeah, coach and coach our basketball teams. And it, and it appears uh, through that photo, and, and it looks like they hopefully are moving on. A couple final questions for you, Tom. Um, all right. So speaking of these coaches and these athletes. Who is the most memorable athlete or coach that you've been able to cover during your time as a reporter? Well, memorable? uh, Yeah. For thrills and spills, uh, Brett Favre. Okay. Uh, I know know Brett Favre is a a, um, taboo topic these days because of his legal problems in Mississippi. But in terms of uh, a guy who was entertaining – on the field, off the field, uh, in every way, shape, or form. I think he's the most exciting football player I've ever seen. I don't think he's – simply because of his unpredictability. 
mm-hmm. and and his immense natural talent that allowed him to to do things that only he would even think of doing. And and he and he's and he was good enough to get him done. Uh, he was approachable and likable off the field. Uh, he was very he was fun to talk to from a media standpoint because he he didn't really have a governor. He he talked he he'd get go, he'd get started and he'd take you places you you never thought you were going. And uh, uh, so I mean, I, in terms of that, you know, I, I'm not sure about his. I know enough about his legal situation now. I suspect knowing him that he didn't truly understand. Um, what he was getting into there and where these funds were com- necessarily where these funds were coming from. Cause I don't think he's that detail oriented to be quite honest with you, but um, you know, that's just me from a thousand miles away. And, and I certainly, uh, I don't have any inside information on that or anything like that. And I believe we'll, we'll figure out uh, after it, this is vetted in court, which it, mm-hmm. it will be in, number of I think numerous cases for other people but it does it is interesting to me that Brett Favre has not been charged with anything at this point yeah the Favre thing like it start for my personal opinion is I start getting more and more information it started looking really bad especially those texts where he's like will the media find out and then the text from the governor saying something about like he doesn't want to be in federal prison or something like that so maybe the wheels start turning in Favre's head a little bit but there is part of me, Tom, that believes what you just said is there's a very high likelihood, I would think, that Brett Favre, he, he's just trying to get his politician friends to give him something for free. He he wasn't thinking about well, – I'm not defending – by the way, I'm not defending this. I'm not defending him. He, but he, I'm sure he wasn't thinking like, okay, so legally, what boxes do we need to check to make sure the funds are allocated correctly? I'll send the spreadsheet over and we'll – he's not doing any of that. Um, now, now, obviously, that may not ignorance may not be an excuse in the eyes of the law, but I, I, I kind of see what you're saying about him. Well, most of what he did was for a public university, and it's you know, if people ask why would Brett Favre be so adamant about um, raising these funds? Well, his dad played baseball at Southern Miss. He played football at Southern Miss. His wife played at Southern Miss. His daughter played volleyball at Southern Miss. I mean. He's he lives in Hattiesburg. I mean, he's very closely wired to that school, and I'm sure if, if they're trying to improve their facilities, he's he's one of their first go-to guys. You know, can you help us fundraise? So, uh, you know, I mean, I, there was very valid reason for him to be fundraising, and there was very valid reason for him, uh, as popular as he is, maybe to be calling up state officials, up to and including the governor, and, and trying to lean on him a little bit. I mean. There's a there's right here in Madison. There's a lot of lobbyists that could paid a lot of money to do that exact same thing. Um, but again, uh, this the whole crux of the case is how much did he know about where these funds were coming from? And you know, was he advocating that uh, that they use welfare funds to build uh, a volleyball facility, for instance, and and knowingly. Uh, and did he know that, you know, that was taking food out of the mouths of needy people or programs off, you know, off the books for that, that, that people need in the, in, the, in the state, especially Mississippi, which is not a wealthy state. And there's, there's a fair number of poor people. So it's all going to 
going to turn on on how much he knew. And yeah. uh, I suspect a lot of that will come out in court. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final question. When are we going to reboot sidelines? Can we re re reboot sidelines, get Lukey back? Do you remember that show? What would you like about that show? Oh, I, yeah, I remember that show. <laughs> I was on every episode. Yeah, what would you think of I mean, Luke, what what'd you like most about doing sidelines? Luke and I were the mainstays, and I never once went over the table after him. So, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, probably uh, wanted to. You know, that's probably not a bad idea. I, I've actually given that a little thought. Um I, I mean, don't have much. I don't have much expertise in TV production, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I have given that thought, uh, especially now that there's alternative ways to to get product out to out to uh, potential viewers in terms of streaming and all that and all the modern stuff, you know. So, actually, I have given that thought. Luke and I haven't talked about it in a while, but uh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll give that some thought, John. I, I think you should, because exactly, you went down the lane I was just about to say is nowadays uh, more so, uh, when was the last sidelines? What year was that? Do you remember? Was it Boy, 10 I, years ago? Was it I more don't, than? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, 20, no, no, no. It was more like six or seven. Oh, maybe, is that recent? All maybe, right, six or seven. Maybe eight, maybe eight. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, even in that time frame, things have changed so dramatically that there's, like you just said, there are alternatives. There is Facebook. There is social media. There are so many different ways you guys could get that product out there. It could be packaged up in a podcast. I mean, that that to me is like, let's reboot sidelines. If you guys need a producer, yeah, I'll be in the know, background. I'll help you produce it. Like, I think that that could be very successful again. You know, we had a lot of fun doing it too, and and I thought we did it the right way. We, you know, there was a a show called The Sports Reporters on ESPN for many years on Sunday mm -hmm. mornings, which was a good show, but they would send their guys out on a, a a game plan of exactly what they were going to talk about, and they would write joke. You know, they were encouraged to write jokes and quips and you know this and that. But we, when we did sidelines, we did it totally off the cuff. I mean, it was, and, and we wanted it that way. We didn't want, you know, we, we didn't even decide till shortly before the show, what we were going to talk about that day. And, and we wanted it that way. We wanted it spontaneous and uh, kind of, you know, four guys uh, maybe sitting around a bar or a bar room table and, and, you know, just uh, talking about sports. And that, that's kind of, that's, that's pretty much the way we wanted it. And that's the way I think it came off. So, you know, you would have to recapture that. I, I think that would be the biggest key to, yeah. to kind of keep it spontaneous. And, uh, you know, the guys there were all knowledgeable there. We, you know, uh, we, we had a lot of great guests on over the years. Uh, Luke and I were kind of the regulars and, uh, and, and we had, like I said, a lot of really good people with us. And, uh, the conversation was genuine and, you know, I get emails and texts saying, uh, were you and Homer really mad at each other there? And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'd say, well, nah, you know, Homer and I have only known each other since about 1985. And uh, we're good friends and we've golfed together. And But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's TV. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I think uh, talk to Lukey. It sounds like you guys don't need a producer if you're just going off the cuff like that. So. I think you guys could get it done. If you need any help whatsoever, reach out to me because I think si I used to watch sidelines all the time and they took it away. Yeah, I, I, I still get people, you know, talk to me and say, 
you know, we sure wish that show was back on. We sure enjoyed that. It kind of got lost in channel three politics and, uh, and, um, uh, a changeover in, uh, in management out at, uh, WISC. And, uh, you know, I understand it. The TV radio, as you know, it's a fickle business newspapers. They're all fickle businesses that we, that we entered into. And, uh, um, but it's, you know, like I said, I think people, uh, we had a pretty good core audience and I think people liked it. Um, it was a, you know, it's kind of a good little summation of Wisconsin sports, I think over the years and, and on a weekly basis. Yeah. Sidelines 2.0. I think we should do it. Go talk to Luke. Right. <laughs> Tom Oates. Um, thank you so much for joining my podcast. I appreciate you taking 30 minutes, 40 minutes out of your day to do so. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. That is Tom Oates of Wisconsin State Journal. That was great. Caught up a lot of different subjects, including Badger football and Jim Leonard. Just a reminder. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read you the trivia blog post at johncastpodcast.com. This is how you can win four tickets, college football tickets, and $50 to me and Julio. All right. This is for the game on November 4th. Listen to the podcast, episode 76, 77, 78, and answer the college sports trivia question provided by my buddy from college, Justin. Today's question is, name the high school that Badgers head coach Jim Leonard attended. So then you answer that question in the comments on this very specific episode post that I'll be posting to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Get all three trivia questions throughout the next three episodes, and you'll be entered into the final drawing. Any questions, send me a DM. All right, once again, thanks to Tom Oates. Thanks to me and Julio. Go check them out with their game day specials and their Sunday through Thursday $5 specials as well. Go check out Ian's Pizza. They're hiring delivery drivers at a guaranteed rate of $20 per hour. Always got fantastic slices of pizza. Three locations in Madison. Ian's Pizza, johncastpodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Rate and review the podcast. I saw one recent review and rate. I loved it. Thank you so much on Apple. Perfect. That was awesome. If if I can get a hold of you, I'd give you a $20 gift card to me and Julio. If you wrote it and you know who you are and you can prove it, I'll give you a $20 gift card to me and Julio because that was a great review. I don't know how many stars you gave me though, but the review was fine. Um, but go rate and review on Apple and on Spotify. All right. Thanks again to Tom Oates and thanks to you for tuning in to this edition of the JohnCast podcast. Goodbye. Uh-huh.